901 here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. Welcome on to a Monday morning edition of The Morning After as the premier sports talk show here in 88.9. I mean, that's safe to say because we're the only sports talk show on 88.9. Right. Uh, but Monday through Friday, 9 to 10 a.m., we got you covered here with all your sports talk. I am Tyler Trumbaugh, your man, Monday through Friday. And uh, my Monday, Wednesday, Friday man who's living high on this fine Monday morning in the borough is Mr. Tubby. Tubby, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm walking on cloud nine right about now and, uh, you know, pretty excited and uh, a little disappointed this morning. Right. A little disappointed. A little disappointed. All right. So um, I think I kind of know why Tubby is a little disappointed this morning. Um, Many of you uh, maybe know that uh, Mr. Fenner. Uh, our general manager and uh, my broadcast partner for Borough Football was supposed to be joining us this morning on this fine Monday morning. Uh, there was a little wager going down between Tubby and Fenner with the Browns and Titans clashing. They're, they're two respective favorite teams. And um, obviously the Browns come off victors in this one by a score of 28-14. to 14. Really not even a contest in this one. It seemed to be Browns from the get-go. Um, or at least you could tell it was kind of going the Browns' way, and you know you, that doesn't that doesn't happen often. So you can kind of tell when that happens. Yeah, well, I mean, to, to, on the onset of the game when it first started out, we came out with a little bit of shock and awe, and uh, it was good at the beginning, and then kind of slacked off towards the end of the second, into the third, and Tennessee looked like it was going to come back in, and and it looked like it was the same old Browns, but. You know, I got to chalk up the win to the defense. And we'll get more into it once uh, Fenner joins us via phone because he didn't want to face me this morning. But, um, yeah, it, it'll be okay. So, as uh, Mr. Tubby over here has alluded to, Fenner will be joining us via the telephone uh, at about 9.15. Uh, we're going to get through our first segment here, hit a break, get him on the line, and then he'll be here for the second. We'll talk Burrow football with him um, after the 56-12 to loss shellacking for Edinburgh at East Stroudsburg so we'll try to figure that out um that might take a while to do yes um and then um we'll talk obviously we'll take care of the bet so basically the bet was if the Browns won which they did Mr. Fenner will need to just what is it just straight up bark no there's a there's a chant that goes that goes with it it goes here we go brownies here we go and then you bark twice that's the chant that he's supposed to repeat Okay, so that's what he's going to do. And if in, in the scenario, let's just to, to, to the other side, is, is Tubby was going to have to do a, a chant that Fenner found from the Oiler days Correct. of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, it's like their victory song. Now, Tubby was something. so confident, he told me on the way in today, that he did not even look at the video. Fenner tweeted the video at Tubby just so that he could, you know, practice a little bit, maybe, maybe get his pitch right. But no, he didn't even look at it. Nope. Not even. That's... Because I said this is a different team. I said our, our defense got embarrassed. They're going to look to make a mark. And I said give Johnny the first team reps all week and we'll see what we got. So there you go. Um, that's what's going to happen. No no singing, just barking, chanting. Um, Mike, Mike Fenner just texted me on the line, ready for the chant. So he's ready. He's ready. He's ready. He's up. He's ready. Um, but not in studio, as I mentioned before. He'll be joining us in the next segment. So we'll talk NFL football, obviously a very interesting Sunday in the National Football League, and then obviously Saturday, an interesting day for East Strasburg. Right. Um, if, if you tuned in last Friday when I was solo and I went through and I picked all the games, 
I hope that you picked against me and took like all of my advice and did the complete opposite because I was wrong, not only a little bit, but a lot. Like I would have lost probably my mortgage payment had I actually put money down on these games. I was bad. Yeah, I deserved a fail trombone. It was that bad. So, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I do got to give you some type of applause, though, Tubby, because, you know, Mike and I were on the road on, on Friday, obviously something we uh, didn't expect to have happen until later in the week, and um, you had to go solo. Right. We were on the bus. We were worried. <laughs> you were a little bit worried? I was like, are, when we come back, are we going to have a show? Are we going to get a call or a text from Ron and be like, Tubby just cost us $10,000 from the FCC or something along those lines. We were we were worried that you were going something catastrophic was going to happen on the morning after to like maybe it would have been like trending on on Facebook or something, you know what I mean? Cuz only only Edinburgh trends on Facebook when bad things happen. You right. know that. Yes. So, I was I was I was worried that you were going to something terrible was going to happen. No. Nope. I did well. I mean, Mommy and Daddy were gone. I had the keys to the Camaro. I'm Daddy, by the way. I drove it around the block. And I didn't get a scratch on it. I put the gas back on it and hung the keys back on the rack. There you go. So Tubby's first solo shell. I'm still waiting to hear the audio from that. I have it. I just have to. Uh, I didn't know how to post it, to be honest. That's not in my job. Well, you could have sent it to me. Oh, okay. I would have taken care of that. I, I, I don't post. I get it to another individual I post. You know, corporate, bureaucratic, right. another channel. Chain, chain of command. So there's, so there's a lot of red tape to getting to getting a, a podcast posted. Correct. So, but I just send it off to the next level and then pray for the best. Okay. So we send it my way. We can, I'll, I'll listen to it first. Okay. And see what I think about it. And maybe I'll give you a report card to see what happened on Friday while we were gone. Because I was hoping that there was Wi-Fi on the bus. I was told there was Wi-Fi on the bus, but it was about as good as dial-up. So we didn't have Wi-Fi on the bus. But Fenner and I had front row with electrical outlets right there. Top-notch stuff. Awesome. It was good stuff. Also, anyway, I hope you all had a great weekend. Uh, heck of a lot better than my weekend. We won't get into that um, from the birds to Edinburgh and everything in between. Um, not the greatest of trips to East Stroudsburg um, for a multitude of reasons, Tubby. Yuck. Um, Beautiful weather, though. Beautiful weather. Yep. Uh, low 80s. And it was, good. it was good to be home. You know, the, the cable that we had in the hotel was the same cable provider that I had growing up, so I remembered the channels. So it felt like I was home a little bit. You know what I mean? The meal we had, too, very good. Chicken Parmesan at the hotel. Mm-hmm. On point. I love chicken parm. It was good stuff. Chicken parm, you taste so good. Yes, thank you, Peyton Manning. So You're a welcome. lot of good stuff going on as far as that, but overall, not the best of trips to uh, the east side of the state. Um... Obviously, if you didn't know, 56-12 to 12 loss. But the biggest thing that's obviously in the National Football League now was yesterday's Fox's game of the week, the Cowboys-Eagles game. Um, and I'm not just bringing that up to start just because I'm an Eagles fan. I'm bringing that up to start because America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, won 20-10 to 10 over the Philadelphia Eagles. But, but it comes at a cost. Yes. Tony Romo fractured his left clavicle, yes, which he's done before back in 2010. Yes. The Cowboys, he's going undergoing some tests now. He was he's missed the remainder of that game. Brandon Whedon came in, was perfect 7 for 7 in relief there of Mr. Romo, but Tony had came back out the sidelines sling on um he's looking about 8 to 10 weeks now. 
Right. Mr. Romo to be gone. They're already without Des Bryant, who originally was, what, six to eight weeks? Now they're saying 10 to 12 or 8 to 12, right. something like that. So now you're going. Now you're, you're without Tony Romo. You're without Des Bryant. You don't have DeMarco Murray, which obviously doesn't seem that, that, that bad because they're 2-0 for the first time in the Jason Garrett era in Dallas. Um, but no Tony Romo, but you get the win. Yeah. So, and then you're looking at Brandon Whedon starting for you next week. You know, and this is really sad. And it, and it goes back to the Mecca. Right, exactly. That's just what I was going to say. This is really sad, but when Brandon Whedon came in, Dude. you were the first thing that popped in my head. Right. Because I said, Brandon Whedon, oh, the quarterback from the Browns. Wow, the Mecca of all things sports. Right. Because everything has a connection to Cleveland. I was like, Tubby's right. Mm-hmm. Everything comes back to Cleveland. Exactly. I was so frustrated but laughing at the same time because I was like, why am I thinking about Tubby right now at about 6 o'clock on a Sunday evening? <laughs> it was just really scary. It's like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. It all comes back to Cleveland. Tell I me. couldn't believe it. So I can't believe the game either. 20 to 10. This was an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. An embarrassment, Tubby. Just the Eagles couldn't run the ball. The Eagles couldn't throw the ball. The Eagles couldn't block. They couldn't block. So let me get back to uh, a discussion we had last week. Okay. And you said the Eagles with with Sanchez would have a better record than the Browns with Johnny Manziel. Do you right. believe that's still a true statement? Right. Yes. <laughs> oh, you Johnny homer. Manziel over sixteen games. Don't even get me started on this. I'm homer. trying to find a path. I'm trying to find a path here. <laughs> I'm trying to stay. Oh, I'm trying to stay on track here. Okay, I'm just saying that you were wrong, and I was proven right. And Johnny Manziel. Okay, you need to you need to pump the brakes. Johnny Manziel just won his first game in the National Football League Sunday against a rookie quarterback with an excellent defense. Okay, but he just won his first game. And you've seen how the Eagles play. Mark yesterday. Sanchez has been to an AFC Championship game. So, I'm just saying, experience I'm will help saying, you in the long run of a season. Okay, but I'm just saying I'm right. 20 to 10 this game was Dallas Cowboys Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles shut out for the first 3 quarters of this contest. Didn't even look like they showed up. They played basically 8 quarters this season. 6 of them have sucked. Mhm. Eagles are terrible. Mhm. But Sanchez could lead them to the promised land. Listen, we're not talking about that right now. <laughs> we're going over this game. Okay. I just like proving my point that I was right. That's all. Happy dance. Happy dance. You get yeah, the, you, you get all your jollies in the next segment, okay? When when Fenner joins us and he and he gets to you know. Oh no 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 no! Because see, this is a glory day for me. These don't happen that often. I'm gonna milk this for all it's worth. This cow will be dry by the time we're done today this hour. Sam Bradford, twenty three for thirty seven, <laughs> two hundred and twenty four yards yesterday. Mm-hmm. Awful. This man is getting paid a decent amount of money. I mean, it's still the same contract coming over from St. Louis, but he played <laughs> terrible. Correct. Terrible. He just didn't, two interceptions, didn't look confident at all in the pocket. Something needs to give. I mean, I don't want to put Mark Sanchez in right now, but I almost would have put him in at the end of that game yesterday because what good was touting Sam Bradford out there again? Exactly. I mean, I would I would have put him in there and see what he could have done. Sam I mean, Bradford, the only good thing he did was the leading rusher for the Eagles yesterday. Tell me, nine yards on the ground. How is that even possible? Nine yards. Marco Murray, 13 touches, two yards. I thought that was only possible in Cleveland. Seven rushing yards. The Eagles were negative rushing yards for most of the game. Right. Awful. Jordan Matthews missed some ball, missed some catches. DeMarco Murray, I thought he was just going to quit. I thought he was going to retire from the National Football League on mm-hmm. the field yes. yesterday. That was terrible. 
Nate Nelson Aguilar missed some catches. Just horrible. Horrible play. The offensive line. Did they even have an offensive line out there? I, they were, the guards were terrible. Right. They couldn't block anybody. I mean, heck, no, I could have gone out there and done better. Just, just laying down. Could have tripped them up. Right. It was absolutely terrible. I just don't even... I, I, I'm pressing the panic button on these Eagles. I, I felt that... Yeah, I would. I mean, I felt the pain. I was driving home yesterday from the game. I got my... Uh, I got my road dog, my buddy Matt. He's riding next to me. I said, you got to do me a favor. He said, what's that? I said, pull up your smartphone. Check on the Eagles game for me. I got to find out what's going on. And he says, why? I said, because I got to find out what's going on before I get in there Monday. And I know what type of mood that Tyler's in. And as the game went on, as he's giving me these updates, as we're driving mile by mile, I could feel it getting darker and deeper and more desperate. I I felt the pain for you. I really did because I've been there for years. I really did. I, I didn't understand where the high, where was the high-paced offense? Where was the go-go-go that Chip Kelly made so famous? There was the go-go-go. The problem was that they only could go-go-go three times because there was a three-and-out and punt. It was almost four-to-one time of possession. It was for every four minutes, the Cowboys had the ball. The Eagles had it for one minute in the first half. Ouch. It was just terrible. That's a no bueno. I was screaming at the television the first week on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I was just speechless. I right. just didn't know what to say. But anyway, someone that might not have a lot to say is going to be joining us next after the break. Uh, We're going to hit our first break. Mike Fenner will be calling in during this break. We'll set him up. He'll be joining us for the next segment via telephone to pay up his bets, talk about this Eagles debacle. I'm just going to be I'm just going to be quiet and and let you guys go over Burrow. And then when he's ready for it and he's ready to bark, he'll chant and bark. And I don't even know what's going to happen. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be interesting. We'll be right back. You do not want to go anywhere. This is probably the best segment we're going to have yet on the morning after right after this. 9.20 9.20 here on the morning after as we're back from our first break of this Monday morning show. Thank you all for tuning in here on Fighting Scots Radio, also streaming live online at edinburghnow.com and on the TuneIn app on your mobile devices. Download that and uh, follow WFSE. It's pretty simple to use, um, so that's some good stuff as well. Uh, not a lot of good stuff talking about today, um, unless your name is Tubby. Mm-hmm. For a Cleveland Browns 28-14 to win over the Tennessee Titans, um, and you know we have to pay 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 your pay your bets up. You know we're 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 men of our words. So uh, a man that is uh, you know I guess here to do that um, couldn't do it in person though. Maybe he's a little scared. Not quite sure why. But uh, Mr. Michael J. Fenner is now on the line with us. Michael, how are you doing this morning? Well, Tyler. I've had better mornings, but you know what? I'm deciding to turn the leaf, and after this uh, this conversation, it's a new day and a new week, so I'm, I'm quite all right. It's a new day. It's a new week. That's that's you know that's a Michael Fenner answer. Yes. Like just turning over a leaf and all that stuff, because you know last Monday he was riding high with that Tennessee Titans jersey. Oh yeah. He was strutting his stuff. He had swagger. Just like he, he was like he's like a female that just came out of plastic surgery. Swagger. Like <laughs> he was he was pumped up. Yes. Now he's a little deflated. All right, so before we get to the barking and whatever else will ensue, Mike, let's, uh, let's I hope you have your Burrow notes with you handy because let's, let's just quickly look at this game for Edinburgh football, a 56-12 to drubbing by the Warriors of East Stroudsburg Saturday afternoon. Uh, this one was just ESU from the start. I mean, East Stroudsburg gift-wrapped, you know, their second uh, snap of the game. Uh, 
snap over the head. Edinburgh takes over like on East Stroudsburg's 12-yard line, but then their first play, they put the ball on the ground. East Stroudsburg takes over, and they don't. And they said, "Fool me once, shame on you know, shame on me," or however the heck that goes. I don't know, but nonetheless, they took the ball down the field for 82 yards, scored a touchdown, and they scored a few more touchdowns after that. This was just did did Edinburgh even stand a chance in this one, Mike? Uh, I mean. You certainly could talk about a different start, maybe altering the first half a little bit. But really, when you talk about what East Stroudsburg was able to do offensively, I don't even think that first possession was really going to change it in the grand scheme. You talk about an East Stroudsburg offense that didn't have to send out a toner until the beginning of the fourth quarter. Seven of its first eight offensive possessions uh, not playing the football. So they were really moving the ball down the field despite that early turnover uh, with the bad exchange between John Apici and Matt Soltes from center to quarterback. Uh, not having to punt until the fourth quarter is usually a good indicator of how well your offense is performing. Right, just ask Chip Kelly and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and also, not, and a, a reason that you know they did not need to punt was they were eight for eleven converting on third down. And um, exactly. And I said a lot of times during the broadcast was that those long drives happen because of converted third downs. Conversely, for Edinburgh, they were only two for eleven on third down and and were zero for three on fourth down attempts. But Edinburgh, surprisingly, wins the time of possession again, Mike, despite the loss. Yeah, that's something they really had to overcome early, too, because we were looking at each other after the first two drives, and it was something like seven minutes of possession to 49 seconds in favor right. of ESU, uh, and in large part to those third-down conversions that kept them on the field. So you're, you're right. I mean, it's kind of hard to believe that they once again did find a way to outpossess them in, in time of possession later on in the contest, but that's something they really had to overcome early on is it was three and out after three and out for the Edinburgh offense and then staying on the field for long uh, long periods of time for the defense. Right, so, and, you know, even though Edinburgh did have that goose egg in the, in the, uh, score, on the scoreboard after the first quarter, I made the note that no team that East Strasburg has faced has scored in the first quarter this season, but they both, but both other opponents earned victories in those contests. So don't panic, Edinburgh, when you were you scoreless after the first quarter, but it was probably the second quarter and then definitely by the third quarter, East Strasburg was just pulling away and was too much for Burrow and company. Matt Soltes, really the leader of that pack. Unfortunately, Mike, surprise, did not win East Offensive Player of the Week. Can you believe that? I was pretty surprised by that. I, I was checking those out about 12, 31 o'clock yesterday, and that really caught my eye. I really kind of anticipated fully, like we talked about on air on the broadcast, that it would be Soltes and company due to the way he performed, due to the way the offense was just a, a machine and a juggernaut. Uh, but maybe that says a little bit more about the East as a whole, really. Right. Well, the guy that got it was Jarrell Elder from Westchester University, a very talented guy uh, coming from Parkland High School in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I interviewed not only him but his mother after a District 11 championship win against Pleasant Valley, who was coached by no other than Jim Terwilliger, who was the defensive backs coach in Saturday's game. It's a small world, Mike. Yeah, you're, you're right about that, and, and uh, if I know anybody that knows the East, it's uh, the guy I'm talking to right now. Yeah, I know something. So, Soltes, 21 for 31, 438 yards, five touchdowns, one pick. Uh, just an unbelievable day for him, and, you know, one thing that Coach Browning said to you after the game, uh, Mike, is that, you know, they came in thinking Soltes was maybe a little bit injured, and obviously I, he probably completely healed now, and I thought the same thing. He had His numbers weren't impressive in those first two contests. I thought that injury that kept him out for those last three games of 2014 was still lingering, but apparently he's 100% now. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right, and that's exactly what Coach talked about. Uh, really thought they might have an advantage and edge there with those last three games of last year with the injury maybe dipping into this season. Only came into the contest with one touchdown pass, very uncharacteristic of a guy 
has thrown quite a few touchdown tosses, uh, also two interceptions coming into the game. But he looks sharp, and I think the combination of maybe him getting more healthy, getting more reps back, and then not having the weather conditions that they faced against Slippery Rock the week prior really made a big difference for that offense. So he was completely dialed in. Conversely, on the other side for Edinburgh, their quarterback play quite, quite different. Jake Sisson, 14 for 28, 141 yards, one touchdown and one interception, a very costly interception at the goal line in the end zone on what was probably the best drive Edinburgh put together on the day. But then he goes down hurt. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, about, about late third quarter, early fourth quarter, he goes down hurt. Incoming John Gervin for the second time in an injury relief in back-to-back weeks. He goes one for six, 13 yards, um, gets sacked twice. Was really just more of a running threat than really a passing threat. And um, what do you make of the quarterback play for Edinburgh through these first three weeks, Mike? I mean, obviously Coach Browning, I think, for the third straight week has said after the game, we need to evaluate things, personnel, everything else. I mean, when does Jake Sisson come under the, the microscope and – does this ever become John Gervin's, John Gervin's team? Because we know they don't want to go to Jack Wolman. They know they don't want to go to any of these other freshman quarterbacks due to wanting to conserve and redshirt and all that. So it's really Sisson or Gervin. Do they ever go and say, Gervin, you get the start this week? I mean, when you're averaging 11.7 points per game through three, through three contests and you've got your quarterback going down in two of the first three games to injury, I think you've got to start asking those questions to yourself. There's been a lot of interceptions in costly moments in ball games so far. It's just been a rough go for the offense as a whole. You've seen Darren Massey perform in the first two weeks. Only had two receptions on Saturday against DSU. Not saying that's entirely his fault, but this offense has not found a flow. It's not found an identity. And when you don't have an identity, you're going to put up 12 points. You're going to put up 10 points. And you're not going to be able to compete with a team like East Stroudsburg that puts up you know, 56 points on the board. It's, just, it's tough. I don't know what direction they need to go in or what exactly they need to do to to fix it up, but uh, the one thing that, that Coach Browning did tell me after the game was that this was a medical decision to keep Sisson on the sideline. Uh, was not able to go back in the game. It was not a coach's decision to take him out, but rather uh, the injury, at least for the, for the remainder of that game, was too much for him to play. Mike, do you feel that it's a, a game prep issue, an, an in-game adjustments issue, that we're not they're not getting their, their signals, everybody's not on the right page with the offense, or or is it just really too much of a mess to, to really untangle at this time? I think you see a lot of times, uh, especially this Saturday, there were some real timing issues with uh, with Sisson and the receivers, and even with Gervin and the receivers when he came in. It looked like there were some different routes being run than maybe the quarterback thought, or maybe you know they're looking down the sideline and instead here comes a hitch, and they're just out of sorts, not running on the same page. So I think you need to get more chemistry. Uh, but from what we talked with Coach about, I mean, really even in this past week after the injury to Sisson late game against Ship, it hasn't been a lot of reps for Gervin. He still hasn't gotten a ton of reps. So you got to think that Sisson's had plenty of opportunity to get those, those timing outs down with his receivers. I don't know what's going on, uh, but don't look past the offensive line either. This is a group that really needs a lot of improvement still despite a lot of guys returning from last year's team that really struggled to protect their quarterback. A lot of areas of need for Borough football at the moment. Um, the defensive and uh, the, sec- the secondary, you know, just kind of was picked apart by Soltes and company, who was just very methodical Saturday afternoon. Nonetheless, Borough falls to 0-3 on the season, done with really, I would say, pre-divisional play. Um, you know, for one non-PSAC foe, two Eastern Division foes. Now to the West. Now they count more than ever. These games count for conference records. So Edinburgh can run the table in the West and still make the playoffs. Really, if you think about it, despite the 0-3, despite the 0-3 start, um, they still are, are much, much in it. 
Um, but they return home this Saturday, a noon kickoff against the California-Pennsylvania Vulcans, who took care of the Scots a year ago at Adamson Stadium at the ca- campus of Cal U of PA. And, Mike, I don't know about you, but personally, I think Cal was the best team in the PSAC a year ago. Unfortunately, uh, some off-the-field uh, issues led to them uh, forfeiting a very key game and really costing themselves the conference title or a chance at the conference title. But uh, what, do you, what do you make of early thoughts of Cal? Obviously, we'll touch on this thir- Friday morning, but what do you think of Cal coming into Burrow this Saturday to start Western Division play? Well, for starters, I mean, you did nail it. Technically, Edinburgh did not play a conference game that counted against the, the record so far. So, you know, you can kind of wipe the board clean and say, here's a new start. We've got to start over. This offense has to be new and different and you know, innovative. Uh, but, you know, the only downside is the West is going to be daunting. It's going to be very difficult, and it starts with Cal, a team that I agree with you on. No uh, disrespect to Slippery Rock and what they did last year and what they accomplished winning the West and winning the conference. But not having that game against Gannon, who was right there at the top, I mean, those three were the three in the West. That's critical. And uh, I expect a lot out of Cal this Saturday. They've got great quarterback play from James Harris, a guy that performed very well at a high level last year against Edinburgh. Uh, And we've seen him put on some real plays so far this season. Had a game earlier on in this year where he's throwing a 90-yard and an 80-yard, or excuse me, a 90-yard and an 87-yard touchdown to the same receiver in the same quarter in Gary Brown. I mean, they've got a lot of potential on offense, and I think their defense has gotten a lot stingier, too, a unit that gave Edinburgh fits last season. All right, so that's enough Borough football talk. Um, I've, I've, Tubby, Tubby looks to be falling asleep in the studio. I know there's others that are, that are blowing us up on Twitter right now that want to get to this, to this bet play, payoff, if you will. I know we got Josh Coffer and others that are, that are eagerly listening <laughs> to this uh, to this broadcast right now, Mr. Fenner. So 28-14, to the Cleveland Browns win, earned their first victory of 2015. Johnny Manziel and only his third NFL start earns his first uh, victory in the National Football League. Marcus Mariota and company fall to 1-1 one and one on the year. Just your thoughts on this game, Mike. Um, I know last night you had some thoughts via text, so kind of tell us what do you, what do you, what'd you make of this, of this loss to the Brownies. You know what, Tubby? I'll give you a, a tip of the cap. I was really impressed with that Cleveland defense. Seriously, they played really, really good football. Seven sacks of Marcus Mariota. They terrorized that backfield. And i got to give you a big thanks for the trade on Terrence West. What a, what a tremendous trade because, you know, you love to see a running back put the ball on the turf twice and lose fumbles when he returns to his, uh, his former team. That was just really fun to watch. Yeah, right. I mean, uh well, Joe Haynes' his boy, and he was like, you know, Joe, I really missed you, and uh, here's the football. <laughs> that's that's pretty much what yeah. it was. I mean, to be honest with you, I got nervous. I mean, I don't know how many times I yelled, Johnny, please don't screw this up. And there was a couple times there where the refs made some horrible calls. Oh, jeez. And I reminded the refs. You won. You're still complaining about the refs. No, I'm not complaining. Okay. I'm just telling my story. All here. right, you tell your story. There's a difference. ASOP. So when I, uh, when the refs made a couple of horrible calls, I did have to remind them that they were in Cleveland and that we do throw stuff there. Um, but, yeah, the defense completely won this game for us, and Johnny just simply didn't mess up the cha-cha. I mean, that's pretty much what happened. That and uh, him and Travis Benjamin really being on the same page, Travis knowing that when Johnny scrambles, all you have to do is get deep and get in his eyesight and throw the ball, and you just can't out-throw Travis Benjamin. He's a rabbit for a reason. 
Yeah, he, well, he was probably owned in, what, 0.3% of fantasy football leagues? Probably everybody wanted him yesterday. So yeah. uh, Travis Benjamin, big big target, a no, number one target, if you would say, Johnny Manziel's under center. He was 40 yards shy of the overall all-purpose yards record for the Cleveland Browns. Boom. Yep. Doesn't get better than that. Yep, with a punt return. With a punt return as well. Okay, so, Tubby, so now you, you obviously have this down more than me because I don't, I don't know things very well. Um, right. About you know about these these such, right? Whatever Browns. So what is exactly that Fenner needs to say? Re- re- recite it for us okay. so that we can have that as a standard, and then Fenner will follow up, and then I'll see how he does. Okay. So are you ready, Fenner? Do you have your listening ears on? Oh yeah, I'm all ears. Okay. So here's how the chant goes. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Ooh, ooh. Now, and must, they, they normally do that over and over again. Correct. It's usually a, it's usually a, a three repeat. It's repeated three times. Okay, so we'll just only make Mike do it once. 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 Okay. So did you have the did you have the timing and the rhythm down, Mike? I think I got it. But I'm going to precursor this and say, you know, Tubby, this doesn't bother me as much as you may imagine because I'm not a big Steelers fan. So anytime Cleveland gets together with Pittsburgh, I'm all in on the Browns. So this, I mean, even though it's kind of embarrassing, it doesn't bother me too, too much. Although it is kind of disappointing this will be podcasted. I'll just say that. <laughs> well, it's not only going to be podcasted; it's going to be soundbite, and it will be on our S and on we, our Yeah, we might need board. to add this to our sound panel. That's a yes. good call. All right. So <laughs> for 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 all the marbles, for all of them that are listening, to, uh, Mr. Fenner, take it away. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Hoo, hoo. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Hoo, hoo. Awesome. Awesome. You sounded like a chihuahua <laughs> on steroids. Good attempt, my friend. That, yeah, I, I mean, what kind of dog was that? That was a weak. That was like a type of dog that has that like cone around his head so he doesn't start biting at himself. Because he was neutered? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what's, what's, the, what's the grade on that? I got to know. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to say like a B. That was, that was not again. bad. I'm not going it, again. It, it, no. It, not, we're not going to make you do it no. again. That's a B, though. Yeah, yeah. But I – yeah. Okay, <laughs> Fenner, here's the deal. Coming up in January, Brown Steelers in Cleveland. I'm probably going to that game. I'll get you an extra ticket. I'll take you over there. We'll tailgate, and I'll give you a real education on – On barking. How, how to properly bark. How to bark. Because if you want to find grown men barking – Go to Cleveland. Exactly. They might not even be Browns fans. You just got to go find the right streets. Because we're the dogs. <laughs> Cleveland's a scary, scary place. All right, Mike. Appreciate the barking. I'm sure that was that was very entertaining. And uh, this isn't PBS, so we need to hit a break. So thank you for uh, joining us this morning, sir. Uh, from your from your boxers at, at your house. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I suppose, even though that was a tough one to handle. But hey, Tubby, credit to your guys. They played well. Yep. Yep. And you guys showed. I mean, Marcus didn't look too bad. I mean, he was just. He was just a rookie quarterback, and we got him off a spot. But, I I mean, the Titans are a much-improved team. I look forward to what they can do the rest of the season and what they can do next year. I'd really like to see them compete. And uh, All right, Obama, stop being it. so diplomatic. I'm trying to go to a break here. He's my boy. <laughs> Talk to you later, Fenner. Bye, Mom. Sheesh. Let's go to a break here. We'll be back trying to dissect barking. Maybe we'll change to other – maybe we'll meow, moo. I don't know what else is going on. We, got, we, got not, we don't have a lot of time left. No. Because you just went on and on. Well, yeah, because, you know, most of the time it's just you rambling on and me trying to get I you I was to... talking Borough football. See, we were they... the home of Borough football. I understand that. But I'm talking about every other show we do. It's we... just you and your, and your hyper squirrel rants. We'll Let's hit a break. This. Stop talking. 942 here on the morning after as we just wrapped up 
what is, I guess, is being donned as hashtag WFSE Barkgate. 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 I like it. I like it a lot. So if you miss that, I apologize. Um, you know, hopefully our podcast can get up on Edinburgh now today. Sooner the better, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to figure this one out. So we can uh, listen to that over and over again. And don't worry, in a matter of, in a matter of hopefully sooner than days, um, we'll have that on the sound panel. And we will play that. Yes. An incessant amount of times. Oh, yes. Just every time I want to talk about anything, even just life in general, I'm just going to play him chanting and barking. Yep. Like a grown man. Yeah, I think I may make two. I'll make two. I'll make two. So that way, like, one is the entire chant and one is just simply the bark. Just the bark. Just yeah. the bark. Just the bark. Because there's definitely going to be some scenarios where I just want the bark. Yeah, because we have that technology. We can do that here. Yes. Top-notch facility here and straight out of Compton. Back to the NFL now. So we talked about the Eagles, which yes. is just infuriating because, and on one last note, I'm just going to say on this, I'm pressing the panic button on the Eagles. They're 0-2. Very few teams make the playoffs after 0-2. I think it's like 8% of teams that start 0-2 make the playoffs. But the only promising thing is the NFC East is putrid. Yes. Putrid. Tubby. Yes. I mean, you have the Dallas Cowboys who are 2-0, but without Tony Romo and Des Bryant. You have, the, like, you have the Giants who have now lost two games, blown double-digit leads in back-to-back -back games. And then you have the Eagles who are 0-2. And then... The Redskins are really the Redskins the best team in the NFC East right now? That's crazy. I mean, I, I they're one and one. I mean, statistically, they're not at the top because obviously the, the there's they're second. The Cowboys are two and zero, one and one, and then zero and two with the Giants and the Eagles. But I they got know. Kirk Cousins. They got the most consistency coming out their way. Did we time slip? Is this an alternate reality? I don't know what's going on. Where up is down and down is up. The Eagles were hyped hard, and yes. nothing, absolutely nothing. Nada. But you know what? Here's, here's the thing, and I'd, I'd like to move on because I know we could talk at nauseum over our favorite teams. But some other shockers from around the league. How about Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay. All right. 26-19 over, over, over Nolens. The New Orleans Saints. In, in Nolens' house. Right. The in Aint. their house. They, they normally win there. Right. The Superdome ain't so super anymore. No. It's kind of like the Duper Dome. Good one. Drew Brees, nice. 24 for 38, 255 yards, only one touchdown. Doug Martin for the Bucks, 21 touches, 78 yards, picking that one up. Jameis Winston, I mean, the Bucks. this was slow out the gate, only a 3-0 lead after the first quarter. Um, but the Bucks came to play. They you know, did. everyone was like, oh, Jameis Winston. And then, you know, I was watching the Fox pregame. Not not the not the pre pre game they got with that with Colin Coward. That's a, that's a terrible show by the way. I don't know if exactly. you watched that yeah. the one that's on Fox like with that with Randy Moss and Juan Stat. That's just putrid. Yes. Get that off my television. Yep. Like I'd rather watch paid programming for like a sham wow or a vacuum that oscillates on a ball than watch that pre game show. Mm -hmm. It's disgusting. But I can't watch ESPNs either because I'm so sick of Chris Berman going. I like Boomer. It's terrible. Okay. It's just it's it's time for him to hang it up. Well, it, it's it's your new generation. I grew up with Boomer. So when Fox it had the audacity to say that did the ten the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pick the wrong quarterback after just one week. Oh yeah, that's what happens. That's, that's what happens I, leading into week two. It's knee jerk from the talking heads. Did you pick the? He had one bad week. Did they pick the wrong quarterback? No, because they just beat the Saints, a huge divisional game, which is a bigger game than the Bucks or than the Bucks Titans. Right. They won 26-19 yep. at New Orleans Place. When they had to. Right. Put it on the line. Right. Just ask the Eagles yesterday. It's not about what games you win. you got to win the right games. Correct. They lost the wrong games down the stretch. So the Redskins and the Cowboys, and that's why they were 10-6 and, and not in the playoffs. Yep. So they were playing golf in January. Right. 
awesome. But no, you're right. The Bucks, very surprising win from them, 26 to 19 over the Saints. Saints fall to 0 2. Watch out for them. They don't have Jimmy Graham. That's nope. a lot of problems. Exactly. Because there were so many times the Saints were in the re- like near the goal line in the red zone where they would just throw it up to Jimmy Graham and that was a guaranteed touchdown. Right. Without him, what are you doing? Right. You got it, nothing. Right. It's you don't like, have Darren Sproles. Right. It's like Aaron Rodgers without Jordy Nelson, but magically Aaron well, Rodgers James fr- Jones either. Yeah, but magically Aaron Rodgers found Cobb. Right. And, and James Jones, who was just cut. Yeah. So I mean, it it's. I don't know. There's a lot wrong in New Orleans, and they got to get it figured out. But in in my next shocker, in Tubby's, I can't believe this happened. The Oakland Raiders. The Raiders. Let's go to that one. 37-33 over Baltimore. The Ravens fall to 0-2. All these solid teams falling to 0-2, Tubby. Joe Flacco, 32 for 45, 384 yards, two touchdowns. Um, I mean, Baltimore had a leading passer, rusher, and receiver in this game and still lost. Unbelievable. So here's my question, Tyler. All right. With all these shockers, right? Going into week two, these perennial playoff presence teams. Okay. Right. Right. The Steelers are one and one. Right. The Baltimore Ravens are zero and two. Right? Or are they one and one? Who? The Ravens. The Ravens are zero and two. I just are I just said that like okay. twenty seconds. That's what ago. I thought. Right. Well, I Thanks have a short memory. Attention. I never pay attention to you. Right. So, does that mean that these other teams, these mediocre teams, are not so mediocre? Are the doors open for teams like the Browns, the Skins, and the Bucks? Are you saying there's parity in the National Football League, Tubby? I'm, I'm trying to say that, that maybe the playing field is level and there's a hope. I saw another stat that was like the first time since like a, like 20, 2007 that the Dolphins, the, Rave, the Raiders... And another team, I think it was the Browns. No, the right. Jags. The J- the Dolphins didn't win. The Jags, the Raiders, and the Browns all won on the same weekend for the first time since like 07. Right. That's surprising. Right. That shows how the difference, you know, the discrepancy in teams in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. So, but no, I don't know if there is discrepancy. I don't really know what to expect. I think, I think... They're, they're, I think the teams that are – I think it's just a new generation. I think the teams that were good think they've lost personnel, you know. The Seattle Seahawks, for example, they've right. fallen to 0-2 now, 27-17 to to the Packers. Let's be honest, the Packers probably should have beaten the Seahawks in the NFC Championship. Brian yes. Bostick, you know, no longer in the National Football League, right. drops the onside kick, which he had no business even touching. Right. Um, then the Packers would have been there. But the Seahawks, at the same, in the same token, who shouldn't even been in the Super Bowl, should have won the Super Bowl. Because all you had to do was run the ball. Right. So, but now the Seahawks, um, they added Jimmy Graham, but they don't have Cam Chancellor in the defensive backfield. That's a big loss. Mm -hmm. They're trying to play that off, and they say they're not going to even negotiate with Chancellor until he returns to the team. So he's still holding out, and we'll see what happens with that. But, I mean, the Packers are still the Packers. They're still 2-0. Right. They're like like Jordy Nelson who? Like, obviously, yeah, Jordy Nelson's great, but they don't need him. The Cowboys are 2-0. The Eagles are 0-2. I think what we're going to see more than a change in the guards right now is we're going to see a lot of teams starting 0-2 and making the playoffs. It might be the big – I don't know what the highest number is, but I think if you go back through every year in the National Football League since we played a 16-game schedule that you will have multiple teams go start 0-2 and make the playoffs. Because it is a marathon and not a sprint. Right, because it's two games. Because my dad has told me this so many times – 
And, you know, I tend not to listen to my father a lot when I really should because he's a, he's an, he's, he's, he has some insight. He's been there. He, he, yeah. This ain't his first barbecue. Somewhat. So what he tells me is, this, is, now this applies more to the eastern coast than here, and you'll find out in a second, is the football season does not start until the snow flies. Yeah. He says by week eight, everyone is three and five, four and four, or five and three. You know, you might have a bye week, so you'll be, you know, three and four or whatever. Right. But everyone's really just right there. There's going to be a few teams that are going to be like 0-5, 0-3, 0-4. Oh oh you know, those are the guys that are out. That's when you start to separate. But as long by week eight, which back home is when it starts to snow, if you're 3-5, 4-4, 5-3, five and five, five and 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 you have a legit shot to still make the, pl- make the playoffs and ultimately the Super Bowl. You're still in it. That makes a lot of sense. By week eight. Everyone, right. most of the teams are three and five, four and four, five and three. Yep. And he's right. Yeah. Because right now you're zero and two, and us as media members and fans, we're flipping out. I'm hitting the red panic button, you know, right now. Right. On the Philadelphia Eagles, because what I saw was atrocious. Right. But in reality, they're still in it. It's they still can have time to turn it around. Sam Bradford can come back and just light it up week after week after week. For the next five weeks, the Eagles can be 5-2, and two, leading the division, and everyone's going to forget this Monday morning where we're freaking out. It's, it's possible. It's very possible. Or they could continue to stink up the league. They could. We'll find out. Because they could swing the other way. They could. They very well could. The Jags are now 1-1. One one. So are the Dolphins with the Jags getting a 23-20 victory. But the Redskins 24-10 at home. Yesterday, solid win. Kirk Cousins, 23 for 27, 203 yards, one touchdown. Kirk Cousins isn't blowing up the place. He's not lighting up the world, but you know what he's not doing? Turning the ball over. Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins is not putting the Redskins in bad situations. And that's a solid quarter. That's almost like a game manager type of thing. But Kirk Cousins done a nice job under center, Tubby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he really has. He's been a a really good game manager. He's been Dilfer-esque. Very good by him. The Bengals are 2-0. You surprised by that? No. No? No. It's That's, a regular season. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's what they do. You know, I mean, they, they, they look good at the beginning. They make a run. They struggle towards the end of the year. May or may not make the playoffs. And, you know, they have solid games until right. they play the Browns because they take away, they take away the number one because A.J. Green always has issues with my boy Joe Hayden. It's just how they roll. Let's touch on this game, obviously, hitting a lot of locals here. Patriots 40, Bills 32. The Bills, Rex Ryan coming out talking smack all week long. The Bills are ready. Bill Polian, just inducted in the Hall of Fame, is going to get his ring at halftime. Andre Reed, who I met, had the pleasure of meeting, great mm-hmm. guy. He was there at, you know, Ralph Wilson Stadium. Right. Getting ready to go at halftime for the presentation for Mr. Polian. Um, and the Patriots just came. To, I mean, that place was loud. They brought Guinness World Record people to see if they can beat the the loudest Arrowhead Stadium for the loudest, you know, right. recorded sound from a group of people or whatever it's called. Yep. Um, so the Patriots, though, show up. You know, the Bills did the talking. The Patriots did the walking. Pats now 2-0, 40-32. Bills 19 fourth quarter points, though, as they did mount a little bit of a comeback. But Tyrod Taylor, not enough. Tom, pa- Tom Brady, 38 for 59, 466 yards, three touchdowns, only dwarfed by Matt Sultan. Tez's performance this weekend, Tubby. What do you think of the Patriots 2-0 or the Bills? Do you think we got hype on the Bills from week one? Or do you think the Bills no. are a legit contender that they could sneak into a wild card? There's... Because I think the Patriots are winning the division. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that usually happens. But I, I still don't – this Bills defense is still built to last. Right. It's a solid I, defense. It's, they're going to be a tough 
tough get for a lot of these other mediocre teams. I mean, the Bills are really, really good at coming in and finding a way to beat you. Belichick will dissect you down to like the nano microism or whatever. Like depend depending on like the type of grass that your your field is and like the elevation and the sun when it's in Mars's second house or something. But he dissects everything and comes up with a way to beat you. And Rex even said it in his post game press conference, I got out coached. Right. It's my fault. I got out coached. And Tyrod got sacked like what? Like nine times? A lot. It was bad. And he's a mobile quarterback. Right. Now, he put himself in a lot of – I saw – I was watching this game for a little bit. Um, he put himself into a lot of questionable situations, a lot of INTs that maybe just should not have happened, um, especially at the end, the last drive when the Bills had a chance to go down, get right. a two-point convert, touchdown, two-point conversion, tie this one up at home. But, you know, he threw, he threw an interception to the middle of the field and, uh, right. you know, cost themselves the game there. But nonetheless, they really didn't even have any business being that close because, you know – only scoring 13 points in the first half, down 24-13 at the break. Um, you know, it was really right. the Patriots game from the get-go. So Patriots show up. They're 2-0. The Bills, I don't know. They're 10 times better than they were. They're now a respectable team in the National Football League, but I don't know if they're ready yet to be a playoff contender. I guess only time will tell. Like I said, right. maybe week eight is that real barometer, like my father says. Um, One last thing before we get out. I, I want to mention the Minnesota-Detroit game. Just about to hit on that. Detroit, 0-2. Okay. Go ahead. Holy cow. Minnesota. 26-16, 10 points over Detroit. I mean, I thought Detroit was going to walk in there and right. walk all over these guys. Holy cow. They're making it a race. I mean, granted, Green Bay's still going to win that division. I mean, that's they're not going to touch them. Right. And Chicago's not going to be a challenge for anybody. But still, I mean, it looks like Minnesota and Detroit are going to like be in a head-to-head battle for number two. Right. I mean, and given the rest of the NFC – that wild card slot could have come out of that NFC North. Right. And, you know, to the Minnesotas, maybe what Minnesota is going to do is do the DeMarco Murray Cowboys, you know, theory from last year. Just run AP to the ground. 29 touches for him, 134 yards. That worked out pretty well for them. Right. If it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. I mean, AP had all of last year off, so he's probably the healthiest he's ever been. Right. He's, run him. J- run him to the cows come home. Right. 20, I would. I mean, I. What else are you going to do? But do you think they can sustain that? I mean, because that, that's, a, that's a dicey situation. The Cowboys got lucky that DeMarco didn't get hurt. AP can get hurt. Right, he can. I mean, I, I think there's enough running backs out there. I think uh, Terrence West is going to be looking for a new job. But, um, you know, I think there's enough running backs out there. You can build a stable behind AP. As long as their line holds and, and keeps blocking for their running backs, they're going to be they're going to be tough. And how many times do we get to mention that about Minnesota? I don't know. I mean, if, if I was a Minnesota fan, yeah. I mean, I'm buying it. I'm buying it. I, I think they can get, you know, like you said, by week eight, they can be four and four. Right. They can be five and three. They can be right there. Right there. Right in there it. when it counts. In it. Uh, Minnesota, in it. No longer competing for the number one draft spot, as I predicted earlier in the year. Yeah, I mean, see, we it's came in crazy. We came in, did our NFL predictions, and we thought it was so simple, you know? But there's a lot of teams that are surprising us so far through two weeks. But it is only the second week. Correct. Got 17 weeks in a National Football League season. Some other games to hit on. Uh, the Panthers beat the Texans 24-17. Uh, Texans fall to 0-2. I think you got to stick with Ryan Mallett now, though. I mean, Ryan Mallett, 
they they switched they switched quarterbacks to Mallet after the first at, not even didn't even give him didn't even give Brian Hoyer the whole first game Tubby mm-hmm. then finally switched to Mallet I think you're just gonna have to stick with Mallet I mean that was a respectable game against Carolina who moves the two and zero but you can't be switching that stuff around on um, the Steelers right here at home we surprisingly we didn't even talk about Pittsburgh other than trashing them so far today uh, and the Steelers they went on to a big victory forty three to eighteen it looked like Big Ben was just screwing around yesterday with that yeah it's, it's not even worth mentioning I mean Steelers went out there and did the Steeler thing and you know, beat San Francisco. I thought San Francisco was going to be more of a challenge. Um, I did pick the Steelers to win, but I wanted for my heart for the Steelers to lose just because of who I am. And, you know, Steelers are going to do their thing. I mean, I think honestly, probably the Steelers are going to come away with the division. I hate to say it, but unless a miracle happens and somebody else steps up to the plate, Steelers are just going to walk away with the division again. We'll have to see. Tonight's action, though, one last game in Week 2 of the National Football League, 8.30 on ESPN, the Monday Nighter, the 1-0 New York Jets against the 0-1 Indianapolis Colts. The line right now is the Colts are favorites by a touchdown. Tubby, who do you got tonight? Colts, Jets, real quick. Colts. Alrighty, I'm gonna go Colts as well, but I'm interested to see about the interested to see this game for the Jets because the Birds play the Jets. Birds meaning the Eagles next week. Um, so I want to see right. what the Jets gonna bring. Todd Bowles, former Eagles uh, defensive coach, now head coach of the Jets, got his first win last week. This is at Lucas Oil Stadium. I think Indianapolis is overhyped this year, and we talked about that last week. Right. But I still think they're a very, very powerful team in the in the right. AFC, and they can easily, easily win this one. So that's all for today's morning after. Thank you all for tuning in. We'd like to thank Mr. Fenner for paying up his dues and calling in today to talk Borough football. Bark for us, all the great stuff. Thanks to all of you giving us your shout-outs on Twitter. Glad to see this was this was trending in the Borough area, if you will. That's Tubby. I'm Tyler Trumbar. We'll be back tomorrow with Chewy and I talking more NFL football. Talk to you then.